and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 326. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Prodigy's first season episodes, Terror Firma and Kobayashi. Terror Firma, Season 1, Episode 5, original release date, November 18th, 2021, directed by Alan Wan and Olga Ultanova, written by Julie and Shauna Benson. The group find Murph and an injured Gwen, and Janeway activates a beacon to direct the team to the ship while defending it from the planet's attackers. After they spend most of the day traveling in circles due to the planet's changing terrain around them, Dal and Gwen devise a solution together to navigate towards the ship using the stars. You tried to steal our ship! You mean the one you stole first? She makes a good argument! Oh, really? Now you're taking her side? At least she saved Murph. It's okay, Murph. You don't need to be scared. I'll protect you. Janeway to crew, do you read me? We hear you, Janeway. Is the ship okay? The protostar landed safely 10 kilometers away from your current position. I'm activating a beacon that will lead you to the ship. Adam, kick us off on Terror Firma. So this is a um, continuation of the previous episode that we did in the last podcast. So, you know, it's, sometimes happens where we got a kind of like a cliffhanger episode. And so here we go. You said uh, last time that you were so excited you watched this episode as a conclusion. Did you rewatch it for this discussion? Or has it been two weeks? I actually, I had it on. I wasn't paying too close attention yeah, to it. Right, I was writing fair, on my fair. summers and stuff like that just to kind of get um, like, oh, did I miss anything? So yeah, it's a continuation. I, I believe, you know, we ended the last episode. Um, Gwen and I believe, you know, Murph, they they crash after um, leaving the protostar and then, you know, Gwen breaks her leg. Um, the others come up on them in their all-terrain vehicle, which Brian loves and wishes he had in his garage. Um, so yeah, and so they're all, they all get together and they're like, okay, they're going to help they're going to help Gwen. They've kind of made nice here in these first moments of the episode um, with Gwen. And they, you know, and they have to start um, hiking their way to the protostar because the planet is um, devised a new tactic. It's not trying to eat them at the moment. It's just trying to take out all of the, take out the ship and all of their gear. So they can't leave the planet and it can eventually eat them. So yeah, they're, they're going on this trek um, through the forest. The planet is changing terrains. I mean, it's, it's still a lot of, you know, we're still early in the season and we're obviously, this is the first season of, um, Pro, um, prodigy. And so we're still getting to know the characters and they're all still kind of coming together and learning each other. Um, we see the bonds get tighter between, um, Gwen and Dal. The, you know, we kind of first saw that in the, um, the pilot that they had a uh, chemistry and they got along. There was something a little bit more that to them than just, um, overseer and, you know, slave, if you will kind of thing so that comes together and then you know her dad shows up and kaboom they all the you know then it's back to we hate you and they get to the ship um gwen realizes her dad is going to betray her to take the protostar um and he, he basically leaves her for dead um then we get to the towards the end of the episode um they save gwen from the the vines of the planet and um, they take off and we actually learn what the ship is capable of. It's got a protostar in its engine core, I believe, and it can haul butt if you will. So overall it's a, it's a good um, conclusion to the first episode. It's, it's, it moves fairly quickly. It's a little action packed, but I would say it's kind of still more of these episodes that we're still learning these characters and they're still kind of coming together as a team or a crew. I hadn't thought about it before until now, but it's like, of the first, f what, 
five episodes, four of them are parts of two-parters. There's only one like standalone episode, and it's in the middle. That's unusual. But uh, you, you were talking about the Gwen and Dal. Dal. Boy, I do that every time. Gwen and Dal. Kind of their relationship advancing a little bit. I, I do like that scene with them sitting in front of the stars. It's a sweet scene. It's brief. It doesn't have to go too far. But it's 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 a nice little sequence there, and and it actually has a story purpose for existing besides just bringing them together. You know, it's where Dal gets the idea about navigating back to the protostar with the using the stars and stuff. Uh, Steve, your your first thoughts? Yeah, I think at this point I can definitively say I'm I'm enjoying this more this time around than when I first watched it. Like, like I mentioned last time. Yeah, me too. I'm uh you know watching with my daughter and that that you know, plays a role in this because, you know, you can't help but see, see things through someone else's eyes and that kind of situation. But I mean, I, I at least, I mean, for this episode, for sure, I, I think that it's, it definitely does well with what it's trying to do. It, it, it's, it's not, it's not dumbed down. It's not a simple thing. I mean, these are, these are story arcs that continue and there's characters, they're, they're, they're going someplace. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not all that simple. You know, there, there's a plot and like, like both episodes we're going to talk about today have some, you know, fairly big revelations in this episode. It's, it's about what the ship can do, but you have some character development with how it's like, like we've already uh, discussed. Um, and uh, it's a continuation of the last one, and I, I, I think I think they do a good job. I mean, it's you know they, it's not like a fast-paced kind of episode. It's not like it, it flew by, but I think they did a fair job with pacing in terms of where they wanted to get to and and how they progressed from the last one. It didn't feel like it was an artificial two-parter kind of thing. It's like they had a lot had something to say, and they took advantage of that time to develop some relationships and so forth in there. So. Um, and then, and then, you know, I think one of the big things too, for Gwen is this point where clearly her father rejecting, rejecting her, making a choice over her. And, you know, it's kind of the beginning of the end of that, you know, where we start to see Gwen siding more on, you know, with, with our Pete Rose here. Gwen siding with Pete Rose? Is that, is that what he said? We just we talked too much baseball before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pete P- Rose guest guest on this now. Pete Rose guest. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, I have the Cubs and the Reds on in the background. <laughs> um, that bit where uh, the diviner chooses the ship over her. He's um, you know, she's calling out, diviner, save me. He says like, I'm sorry. He turns to go save the ship, and then she's she you know yells out, father. And then at the beginning of the next episode, she repeats the same line a couple of times, you know, you know, you chose the ship or something to that effect. I think, yeah, that was the beginning of the next episode or is it the end of this one? End of this one. Sorry. That's one nice thing, too. I like how these episodes are all like leading into each other, but they're not like this isn't terribly connected to the next the story in the next episode. But it but it does pull us into the next episode. Yet they don't do a previously on Star Trek Prodigy, do they? They don't. They don't have to. It's it's written a little bit better than that. It's not necessary. No. So they they still feel standalone without you getting lost or needing a catch up or I, I don't know. There's just enough. You know, there'll be like a couple of lines like the beginning of this episode when um, you're the reason we got stuck here, and later on there's the bit about her trying to pilot an unfinished shuttle out of this, you know, there's, there's enough, there's just enough in there, but it doesn't feel, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I like the writing in this show consistently the way they do Like we talked about last time too, the way they give little, they give exposition without feeling like it's exposition. 
there's some of that in the next episode today too, when she's explaining what the holodeck is and things. I just, you know, I like it. And, and I agree that I'm, I'm enjoying this more the first, this second time, but I, I liked it the first time, but I remember, you know, I think I'm just, I'm overall, I'm up on everything except for the, the pilot I was lower on. <laughs> I think that's still problematic, but as soon as you get out of the pilot, like I've liked everything more and the ones that I liked before, I, I like even more. So like the standalone one that we talked about last time, I liked a lot. And today, this episode is solid, but the next one, of course, for Star Trek fans, is really fun. I don't see how you could not enjoy the next episode. We'll get to that. But it's just, I'm consistently surprised at how much it's, you know, how much it's clearly written by people that know what Star Trek is. You know, Lower Decks, we talked about how full of all the references it is, and that stuff is really fun. But as a trekker, as a person who wants to believe in the universe and stuff, if that when they find a wrecked Klingon ship, they don't spend 10 minutes talking about this is a wrecked Klingon ship and this was is and this ship was you. They don't do that. There's, you know, we know what that is and they're in it. And there are some lines about, you know, there's Gok that he makes for dinner or what is it? A Mechleth or I think, or Ballast. Mechleth, yeah. Mechleth, yeah. That stuff is there and it's, and it's fun, but it doesn't matter if you've never seen a Klingon ship before. I would say that since, I mean, I obviously haven't seen all these episodes like you two have, so I can't say for sure. But I mean, this show, I mean, each episode so far, it's a con- continuation of the last episode. So it's so far to me, it's more it's form- more formatted closely to Discovery at this point than it is to say um, Strange New Worlds, where each episode is its own episodic thing. Uh, for me, it's probably somewhere in the middle, but okay. So, yeah, that, that's the point I was getting to, you know, where Discovery was just like nonstop, you know, you couldn't kind of catch your breath from episode to episode. They've done, they've kind of, um, they've thread the needle with this show so far. It's, it's, yes, each episode is a continuation of the other, but the pacing feels episodic. And even, um, you know, in the next episode, we're going to have an A and a B story, but Again, I mean, the next episode starts right where this one ends. Um, so so far, I mean, these two episodes are the, you know, building the crew together and bringing them together. And, you know, we find out more about Gwen and her father and her character art is kind of, at this point, is kind of pushing the story forward. So I kind of noticed there's, they've done a nice balance of not trying to do too much and keep the pacing light enough. And maybe that's because they were writing this more for a younger audience so they, so they could keep up. But yeah, I've, I've liked the balance so far that they've been able to do in this series between episodic and modern form. Some of the, the murder planet, you know, the Vine stuff. It was interesting in the previous episode two weeks ago we discussed. And it was interesting here, but I it is one aspect of this that, you know, I can take it or leave it. it doesn't feel as unique as a lot of other elements of the show. I mean, I certainly feel like we've seen that in Star Trek before done as well or better, but it still had its moments. I, I like the bit where um, the diviner thinks he's choosing the ship and it was just, you know, this, the planet was doing the same thing it did to our heroes. They, it was doing the same thing to him that it did to our heroes in the previous episode, but if you haven't watched that in a couple of weeks, maybe you forgot. And for for a split second, you it worked, and and you were kind of surprised by it. And that was a nice bit. But yeah, stuff like the planet moving the mountains around or terror terror, <laughs> terror, 
terra firming um, in front of them. I mean, if you're being really, really, really picky, that that was one of those the little joke about terra firma versus terra firma. It was one of those things. Well, you know, Universal Transit. We know for certain that their communication right now, they've already established that they are only communicating because of the Universal Translator. So somehow that play on that word is translated. It's quite you know? nuanced, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's fine. It's fine. They can they can do that. It's fine. I don't care. I like the little bit somewhere in there early on, the hologram hologram Janeway make makes some reference saying what would the real Janeway do? Yeah. And I think this is like the first kind of reference to that in a way, you know, where we're saying, Okay, we all knew this she was a hologram, but now she's aware of another Janeway. She's aware of that. That that was interesting, I thought. Yeah, I wrote that down too. She's like, Okay, she is sentient, right? Yeah. And her her relationship with these characters is going to evolve. And she is absolutely a since she's like, you know, the doctor on Voyagers. Right, right. I mean, we probably would have guessed that was the case, but these are the, the a line like that is the is is a line that clues you into that. She has a lot of power to you know, I mean she's kind of keeps the saves the ship while they're waiting for the crew to get there. She owes that all to the doctor. All of her rights to the doctor. What is this episode about? This episode, I mean, it's got basic themes to me. You know, it's coming together, you know, as a team. I think these are kind of similar themes that we've seen in the in the first several episodes so far. Coming together as a team, I mean, there's a lot of themes in this episode that push the story for, forward. Um, you know, Gwen and her father, we get that tidbit. And then, you know, we get to see what the protostar more of what the protostar is and so i think this is more of a plot driven episode than as opposed to really trying to say something but i mean like i said if if, if there's one thing that's coming together you see that amongst all the crew and you see that between um gwen and dal so that's that's the theme i took from it i think it's also um kind of like about shifting alliances in a way you know the uh we have the this whole bit with Gwen and the Diviner and how this kind of sends her on this path to start, you know. And also we see, uh, you know, Dal rescuing Gwen and, you know, we're kind of changing the dynamics of the show through this. And But yeah, I think it's, it's definitely uh, coming together, solving a problem as well. Cool. So uh, a solid episode. But now we're going to discuss a really fun one. But before we do that... Let's do six degrees for terror firma. Many of these, I am, it's tangentially a traditional six degrees question. Not quite, but uh, we do the best we can. Adam, this episode was released the same week as Discovery's fourth season premiere. What year was the last time two different Star Trek series released a new episode in the same week? And I will give you a hint. That lower decks is not a part of this equation. Would it have been? Um... I rem- and this is fair game too, because I remember this at the, the the week that this episode premiered. I remember it was it was a discussion, like people talked about it and wrote about this. Like, wow, it's been a while since we've had two different Star Trek shows have it give us a new episode in the same week. It was either well, it was an Enterprise and Voyager. Hmm. What, are you asking for the year or what two shows? Yes. What year? I'm just going to say 21. 2021? Uh, no. So you're looking like the last time 
mm-hmm. two premiered the same two different Star Trek um, shows. Two different Star Trek shows had, had a new, new episodes in the same week. Um, ninety nine. Yep, DS Nine Voyager ninety nine. Okay. So yeah, it had been a while because Paramount Plus was purposely right spreading all the different Star Trek shows out to try and keep us to keep our <laughs> subscriptions going throughout the year. So these just had a brief overlap, right? This was no. There's one more episode before they took their little hiatus, and that's when no, no. This was the last one. I forget. They they did a lot of long breaks in airing Prodigy. Right. Another well, yeah. The had. next the next episode we're going to review is dated uh, like a month and a half later. So yeah. yeah. See. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was probably a convoluted question. I'm sorry. Not ours. But Steve has one. Moving on. <laughs> Kobayashi Season 1, Episode 6, original release date January 6th, 2022. Directed by Alan Wan, written by Aaron J. Watke. Guest cast include Robert Beltran as Chakotay, Rene Abergenois as Odo Hologram, James Doohan as Scotty Hologram, Nichelle Nichols as Uhura Hologram, Leonard Nimoy as Spock Hologram, and Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher Hologram. <laughs> The protostar comes out of photo warp after a 4,000 light year jump into the gamma quadrant. Janeway introduces the crew to the holodeck, which can simulate virtual environments, and Dal uses it to take the Kobayashi Maru, a Starfleet competency exam. Hey, what about this? The Kobayashi Maru. An advanced academy training module designed to test the greatest captain Starfleet has to offer. Greatest captains? Mm. Oh boy, here we go. Not sure you're quite ready for that one. How about your silly little cone and disc game instead? Little more your speed. I think I can handle some little Starfleet test. Janeway dismissed. What about the rest of the crew? Mm, nah. Once I ace this thing, they'll see I'm just as good as any Federation crony. Then they'll have to listen to their captain. Steve, kick us off on Kobayashi. So this one's kind of a a fun one for fans for really a a couple of distinct reasons. So we have um, obviously this hologram subplot, which we, um, of course, everyone knows the Kobayashi Maru and going through that. And then Dal's taking his turn out and he becomes somewhat obsessive over this. And, uh, you know, he's trying it some myriad of times and he puts his crew together and we get this... um, you know, grouping of, of characters we wouldn't otherwise see and uh, on the most part in, in our world. And interestingly enough, they're using all these these uh, recordings of them in various series and in movies and so on to put this all together. So it almost becomes as much of an exercise in where did I hear that line stated as anything else during that part, which is fun. Um, and, and and we also, you know, for the in terms of the show, we get a little bit of insight more into Dal in terms of how how you know he just doesn't quit right i mean on one hand he's obsessive and he's and he's maybe a bit insecure in that way but because of doing this over and over again but he also doesn't quit and he nearly he nearly beats this thing fair and square right and meanwhile um we as this goes on with at the tail end we start to learn some things about the uh, history of this ship and what's what we haven't known up till now and we get this bit with chakotay and so that's that's interesting. There's, there's it's actually a fairly, uh, I guess, on a negative way, maybe convoluted, but uh, complicated uh, time issue going on here because clearly we have uh, the diviner um, 
knew way back when about what's going to happen. And so in terms of this, this ship and wanting this ship, so it's, it's, there's quite a lot going on, but, um, yeah, so this episode isn't just just a, 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 a fan fun thing with a bunch of audio clips. There's some there's some other uh, elements to this that kind of yeah. Move you're, you're right. This is the first of the. We're going to find a lot more out about these time things in the future on this show. But this is kind of the, I didn't think about that. But you're right. This is the first time we get any any indication that that is a part of the mystery plot here. <laughs> it did occur to me. It's almost distracting uh, the way, like, especially the last sequence with Nimoy's voice, because they're using clips from him from original series, you know, 80s movies, jump all the way. I think there's a JJ line in there. Definitely there's yep, a unification yep. line in there. And you hear his voice age. I almost wondered, like, you know, if they did this, ep- obviously this episode was made years ago at this point. If they did it now, it could probably be so much, they could, they could do it so much better. They would use one of those ai things that learns the voice play these same clips oh, yeah. and learns the voice go. and then have it read the voices read the lines back and it would all sound consistent like anybody could do that with their home computer now and you couldn't just a couple of years ago and that is amazing an amazing example of how fast uh technology changes but anyway that is not at all what this episode is about uh adam your first thoughts oh, i just had a comment on there i mean I, I think i complained to you about indiana jones or you know Harrison, they made Harrison look really young, but they didn't bother to change his voice to young Harrison. So it's gruff Harrison when he looks like he's 40. Anyway, beside the point. Um, yeah, this episode is a lot of fun. It's very clever the way they brought these characters in and they were able to use their voices. I do agree with you, Brian. It is jarring. They could have smoothed it out. Did you know what this episode was at all, Adam? Did, was this a total surprise to you? This right, Yeah, I didn't know anything about it going in. That's cool. How did, so, how did you react to it then? I'm also interested to hear about Steve's daughter, if, if it meant anything here. Oh, it was a lot of fun. I I am, um, I kind of wish they just would have used the original Enterprise instead of um, the. I thought about that, but I I wonder if it was. I mean, because it it sort of makes the only person on that bridge that would ever be on that bridge was Crusher, but I wondered if I'm just thinking out loud. I wonder if the Enterprise, the like the the visual aesthetic of the Enterprise D bridge is maybe less jarringly different from the Protostar. It's still way you know light years different from the protostar but it's not nearly as different as the original enterprise bridge the only reason i say I'm, i mean i'm the enterprise from wrath of Khan, um so the movie enterprise the reason i say that is because they had every, everything you know the graphics were the original you know if, on the view screen it was the same same look from wrath of Khan when we saw when we saw them taking the kobayashi maru test rest in peace christy alley First time, the first one we saw take this the Kobayashi Maru test. So that's the only reason I was like, okay, I wanted it to kind of match. I, I got a kick out of them using all the original kind of looks and feel. It, it was just the Enterprise D that just kind of drove. It's not a big deal, but that's why I would have preferred the um, movie Enterprise. Movie Enterprise. Um, yeah, it's a lot. All the the Kobayashi Maru stuff is it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, and we'll get into. I think we'll get into more of that what the episode's about because you know it has a very much a character it's very much a character did the test did what it intended what it was intended to do for dal um even though he didn't know what the the test was about it's intended to build character and by the time he's done going through it a hundred plus times he figures it out you know and that was cool we'll get into that when we talk about what the episode's about on the other on the other hand i mean i don't know if you could call either these stories the a b that i feel like they're both just as important to the episode but we'll call, you know, the Gwen stuff, the B story, you know, going on, you know, she kind of comes to 
she's not coming to terms, but she's realizing that she's um, out of place. You know, we see her in sick bay. She does. She says she doesn't belong there, and she doesn't belong with her father, the diviner. So it's a, it's a good moment where she's you know she's really starting to kind of accept where she's at. You know, and they kind of go on this you know fact finding mission to kind of find out um, what the protostar is. And you know, we have that good scene with Janeway where she can't remember where the protostar came from, who, what it was intended to do. And, you know, they go on that, you know, and they, they figure it out. They, they unclassify these files. And obviously from what you two have said, this is a big part of um, what we'll be getting into in the next several episodes in this series. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it moves Dal's character forward quite a bit. And it also moves the, you know, the arc of this story storyline um i had so i enjoyed the episode very much and beyond the nostalgic stuff which was a lot of fun i i wonder too um i remember i don't remember why but i binged when i first started i think i watched like the first couple episodes and and then i ended up binging a few of them or something but i i do wonder i think this is one of those shows where it actually maybe plays better you know one a week or every couple of weeks rather than watching them all at once kind of thing but Steve, did your uh, did your daughter enjoy this one? Yeah, yeah, I think so, but not. Uh, yeah, not the the, other, those stuff is not. Yeah. I mean, I I even had to remind my wife at the end who Chakotay was. You know, I mean, because she hasn't watched Voyager yet. Uh, but uh, well, I I would say that Ava knows Spock, but I mean, I think everybody knows Spock. I mean, I think you just you, you come out of the womb and you know Spock, and it's just that's that's how it is. At least in my family. But uh, so, so she did have a reaction saying, oh, I know who that is, <laughs> you know, or, you know, so, so, so that was fun. That's cool. The scene on the Klingon ship when he's, I didn't know you could <laughs> knock people out. I mean, it's Yeah, that it's was fun. kind of funny. It's, yeah, it was fun. And they were really clever. I, I like the thing, you know, you know, it's like chaos. You got to throw chaos. I didn't, you know, and as first time I watched this, I'm like, is he actually going to beat this thing? And then obviously he puts his feet up on the console on the Klingon ship and he blows up the Enterprise. And you can't win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. You can't win. You have to, you have to cheat. You have to reprogram the, the simulation to win. The, the Chakotay bit at the end, I remember, that was a pretty big surprise uh, just because if there was any one person that you've read over the years, like one guy that you're like, they're never bringing him right. back he, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to come back. It's, he's, he's said negative things. And we've talked over the years too about how, you know, big picture, we agree with a lot of the things he said. We probably, I hope we would have said it a little nicer, <laughs> but you know, I mean, he, he was right. The way that they, the show didn't serve his character so the things we've heard him say over the years, it seemed like he wasn't interested in Star Trek and it would be hard to imagine Star Trek's producers wanting to bring him back. So that was a pleasant surprise here. And of course it makes sense. There's, that he, you know, he has this relationship with uh, Janeway. So I remember that being pretty, pretty fun. And it was the, it wasn't like a, you know, a crazy, Oh my God. I mean, it wasn't like that. It was, it just, it felt like the right amount of, Oh, that's, that's cool. You know, that's cool. But I don't, I, I don't. If you didn't know who he was, I don't. I don't think it would matter. We get enough sh- shock from Janeway to define that. You know, Voyager is well represented. You know, in, in our current in current Star Trek. I mean, the characters that have come back. I mean, it's not like Next Gen where we got them all back in Picard. But you know, in the various series, this and uh, Lower Decks and uh, and in Picard. I mean, much of the much of those characters we've seen in recent times. Who have we not seen? Kim. Kim. Has the doctor been on? Felix, doctor. We've seen more than half. Let me say that. Yeah, yeah. And who have we seen from DS9? Cork? Well, Kira. Kira. 
And now, well, a hologram photo, yeah, sure. But, yeah. Dal is playing that uh, game from... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And the game, reference. I think, was the name of the episode, right? The game was the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not your question. <laughs> Clearly it's not. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That that would be just sitting on the ship somehow. <laughs> Maybe they've defanged it and actually made it a game now. Uh, Dal trying that game, trying the Kabayashi Maru test over and over and over, of course, reminded me a little bit of Boimler and that test that he keeps doing to save oh, the yeah. Borg babies. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, side note, we all just enjoyed the crossover episode of Strange New Worlds recently, and it was so great and so much fun and so incredibly well done that uh, we look forward to discussing that in detail you know, someday when we do a Strange New Worlds. But it was really, really wonderful. Anyway, what else we got on this one? So just, uh, yeah, fun. I, I wondered, like, do they don't pay these people again, do they? I don't think so. Like, reason, like, they didn't track down the guy that said, this is the Kobayashi Maru from Star Trek 2. <laughs> Did they? Sure Probably not. all depends on the contracts they signed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine them. Like, there, there was an ACDC song, or a sound alike, but that wasn't actually Thunderstruck, right? It sounded like it. I've seen people say it, but I'm like, that's not, oh, it's like yeah, somebody yeah. imitating it, isn't it? I don't think they had the money to actually get ACDC on this show. Uh, I mentioned it before, but I, I, I really enjoyed the exposition about what the holodeck is. And it, it's just a, it's a, it's a fun episode. It's, it's like the right time on the show to do it. You know, we're still getting to know people. I don't know. I just, I remembered when it aired, I thought that was really fun. It was really, really good. And I still think that it's, this is probably my second favorite episode of the show so far out of the six that we've discussed that episode the first one after the pilot is still, I like that episode a lot. Uh, but this episode is, is a blast. It's really fun. What's it about? Well, it's a lot of character, I mean, character building for Dal. I mean, he kind of, he learns a lot about himself through the Kobayashi Maru, Maru test. And that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to teach you what to do in a situation that you can't win. And um, I think Dal comes out of it kind of good when he com- comes to the end there and he realizes it. I know we, we mentioned that Spock's different voices from th- throughout the decades was jarring, but it was still a nice scene. And I think it, it, it really, I, it really lifted his character. I think that was a good moment for him. Probably one of the more solid moments or, to this point for him and maturing and realizing, you know, Hey, I, I got to think about others around me. So good for him. Um, Gwen's character grows as well in this, you know, I've kind of so far going into these, these are the two leads that I kind of feel Gwen and Dal, um, her character builds and, you know, we get, we get all this information about where this show is going to go, where it's going to take off to all these classified files. It's going to take weeks upon weeks to, to go through. Yeah. I think it's um, both the A and B story in their own way are kind of about um, coming to a, coming to revelations through process, you know, even if that process is not apparent where you're heading, you know, it's not where you're heading is not apparent from the get go, you know, for Dal, it was the stubbornness of, you know, taking this, test and doing this thing over and over and over and over again and and coming coming to a conclusion that really wasn't about beating a a game but it was something of learning about something about leadership and then on on Gwen's side you know with the teamwork and 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 you know making connections with people and and you know using her gifts to um you know do this decoding we we make strides in the plot of the show so um I think I think tonally that's what helps this keep the, keep those keep those ideas together in this episode. Like I said, I can't imagine any Star Trek fan 
not enjoying this episode. I don't, I don't know how that could be possible. All right, uh, Steve, let's do Six Degrees for Kobayashi. Yep. Gates McFadden returns as Beverly Crusher. Before this, when was the last time she played the character? Yeah, this is one of these making sure I'm not forgetting something mm-hmm. questions. Ugh. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Star Trek Nemesis? That was it. Okay. Yeah. But if I asked for it about in Picard Season 3, it would have been this episode, Kobayashi and Prodigy. And then you would have got me, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Steve takes it for the day. One good thing, Paramount put Episodes 11 through 20 of Prodigy up on digital services like iTunes, etc. So you can buy it digitally. And as we mentioned last time, they are releasing it on Blu-ray. So at least if you really wanted to watch those episodes, you could just you would have to buy them on, you know, iTunes or whatever Amazon's thing is, I assume is there. That's that kind of thing. So at least there is now an option for humans to watch the show. They still haven't announced anything about season two. And I still think it was nutty that they would announce the cancellation without in this same dang press release saying, We are gonna put it up. I mean, if you knew you were gonna put it on iTunes two weeks, three weeks later. I mean, why wasn't that in the announcement just to, or at least put that press release out right after, I don't know, just to keep us all from getting ticked off. But you know what? At least they did it. I still rather they hadn't canceled the show. And I still think if you want to call Paramount Plus the home of Star Trek, you need to, you know, have all of Star Trek on it. But at least there's a way to watch it. So that is good. Thank you. Otherwise, uh, yeah, this was fun, and I'm looking forward to the next two episodes in two weeks. And until then, let's see. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle, at one point do I start calling it our X handle? That doesn't sound right. Don't like it. Not going to do it. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending uh, half an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.